from St. Joseph, Missouri, here is Travis Lee Hartman. Stretching what? Mm-hmm. Is that how we start? That's what he said. Is it? All right. Well, uh, I guess that is how we start. Uh, that's what he said comment. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of Wayne In with Travis Hartman. Um, I'm B Money. That over there is Weekend Trav. We have a special guest. We'll get to, uh, to that in a second as well. Um, thanks for joining us. We have some media partners to thank right out of the gate so we don't forget. And I should say, I don't forget. And that's TH Boxing, Gulfstream Financial, and IF Enterprises. As always, thank you so much for your media support. So we can Trav, I feel like it's been a long, long time since we got together. It has, actually. We're recording it a little late than normal. Usually we record on the weekends and you guys watch it whenever you actually watch it. Uh, but it is midweek and we're back on. We're back on. I don't even know what episode this is. I should know. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like 36, maybe. <sighs> Maybe. It's 35 or 36. Maybe. Anyway, so we are here. We're here in the TH Boxing facility. I'm just double-checking. Everything seems to be recording and legit. I'm already going to go on a tangent already. Because Good. We posted, we've been doing this for literally over six months now. And I think we've gotten like 400 views on one of our videos, like one of our podcast episodes. We posted a jump rope video that I did and got 4,500 views in two days. Come on, people. What the heck? The algorithm is... 4,500 views in like two days the al- on a jump rope video. The algor- this is a podcast. The algorithm's a wild mistress. So we don't, we're not really sure how it works. And at a certain point, it levels off too. If you've noticed, and I noticed these it things... It stopped like 4,600 now. It stopped. It jumped up like it just stopped. in a day. And it leveled off. And it's like Done. 46 now. So yeah. anyways, uh, you join us and you watch our YouTube channel for, for this quality content we're giving you right now. And for our shenanigans. And now for jump roping. I guess yes, that's so it. Like, that was pretty cool jump roping. Yeah. Like, I think so. I, 4,600 people watched it. Anyways, so... Right, jump into the boxing? No, we, well, well let's, let's do this. I, I, I want to make sure we introduce yeah. our guest appropriately. Uh, we have Jared Hiltzik, professional tennis player, University of Illinois, three-time All-American. I don't want to do him any discredit or disservice stud. by explaining. He's a stud. stud. <laughs> He's a stud. And so uh, we're, we're, we're happy to have a friend joining us on the show today. We'll ask him some questions about what's going on with his life and, and everything in his world, but also we're just going to talk boxing and life and whatever else. That's what we do here. Wayne in with Travis Hartman. And Jared is actually used to live here in Laureate Park, which, by the way, we are the number one mm-hmm. boxing, beard, bourbon podcast filmed in Orlando, Florida, specifically Laureate Park, inside in the world. a boxing gym. In the world. In the world. That's okay. incredible. So we're number one. So here's Just some. so you know, you're, you're here with royalty in Greatness. Podcasts. Greatness. Uh, the only one. Yes. The only, yes. So, <laughs> so that is what you trolls don't understand on social media. You don't understand our humor. We know we're not number so one boxing podcast in the world. Come on. We not yet. Like today. Not yet. Not yet. Not exactly. yet. We're slowly taking over. So Jared's a stud. Jared's also a friend. He used to live here. He lives in Charlotte now, mm-hmm. correct? He's up visiting um, him and his wife. So we kindly asked Jared, Jared, you want to be on the podcast? And I, I said no. Just, he did. <laughs> just wasn't going to. But and I was like hurt. Yeah. So hurt. But yeah. then... I learned that it was a number one boxing beard and bourbon podcast filmed in Orlando in Laureate specifically. Park. Specifically. Specifically. <laughs> and I knew I had to be on it. But and also the prerequisite was that our guest has a beard. 
and mm. he fits the bill. He's, he's, he he's, he's got it, a little got bit. I just it. trimmed it the other day, but I'm glad I didn't get rid of it all. So. <laughs> and I found out now that Jared is also a bourbon fan, recently into it, and he drinks it like he's supposed to. Neat. Neat. Hey, the one rule about bourbon is you can drink it whatever way you want. You're right. He did That actually, on that Netflix episode of Neat, they do say that. They're like, you can drink bourbon however you see fit. One flick of water? Yeah. Two, two flicks, flicks of water? water. Yes. <laughs> there, there you go. Wow. I've not finished it yet, but I've seen most of it. It's super... Bourbon, another tangent, but bourbon is the most purest, like, natural form of... Uh, not whiskey because whiskey's different, right? But bourbon is it's just all the elements from earth, is from the dirt, from the corn. Bourbon. It's no There's additives no, or yeah. anything. It's whatever mother nature brings to bourbon is that's what you're they getting. They put no additives in. That's probably why I'm gravitated more towards bourbon. I like bourbon. Whiskey, they add some additives, certain whiskeys. There's some additives, some like certain other stuff they put in there. But bourbon is 100% natural. So, so you were going rye for a little while. I was. So I'm still gravitated towards rye. Okay, 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 yep. okay. Just, so. just double checking what we have today, which is the same thing we had last time, last episode. Was it? Mm-hmm. That was what we had at the Hagen O'Reilly's? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was a... It was a different one. Shout out Hagen O'Reilly's uh, out in Winter Garden. Thank you so much. This is uh, this is one of uh, your bottles for us, so we appreciate that. This will be the second week in a row. We'll talk about that in a handful of minutes. But let's not deviate too much. Let's try to get somewhat on on schedule on track. You see, I got notes. Uh, see my notes. I'm already done with half the notes. Uh, <laughs> so weekend trav. What's happening? What are we talking about today? Uh, Clarissa Shields fought over the weekend. She fought on a pay per view card. I think it was the first pay-per-view card headlined by a woman, if I'm correct. Um, she won, of course. She beat a girl, I think, 10-round unanimous decision, undefeated girl. Girl was really legit. Cl- Clarissa won. Um, I don't know how exciting it was. I don't know what the official numbers are yet. They haven't released them, I don't think, the pay-per-view numbers. Everybody was really pulling for this card to be really exciting and get a lot of viewers, so I'm, I'm not sure yet if they pulled all those people in, but I'm a boxing guy. You know this. Huge fan. I didn't tune in mm. and I'm like guilty of that, but like, it just, I don't know. I was on vacation as well. And honestly, it wasn't a fight that was like that exciting for me to watch. I, I like women's boxing. I train a women professional boxer. Mm-hmm. I support women's boxing. I do, but I didn't tune in. And there's just something I can't put my finger on it with Clarissa Shields that I just, I don't know. Like I don't want to tune in to watch her for some reason. Like her style is really good, but like, I don't know what it is about her. Like, she just doesn't, she doesn't get it done exciting enough for people to tune in, I guess. I don't Dude, know. She's, a- but she's super talented. She's won two gold medals. Like, the girl is talented out of this world. Nothing, no disrespect at all. But professional boxing, unfortunately, is an entertainment business. It's not just a sport at all. It's entertainment. So the more people that tune in, the more exciting, the more money you get, all that stuff. And so far, she hasn't had those people tuning in. And I kind of get it because for me, I don't have that, like, one thing about her that I'm like, I need to see this. Sure. I don't have that. So is it something that's, like, something flashy that you want to see? Or is it just, is it a boring fight? Because I'm just thinking, I don't know boxing that well at all. But when I see Floyd, and he's boxing, and obviously he doesn't have that, like, one-two combo that's just going to knock you yeah. knock you out. Yeah. But he's so strategic in, just, in what he does. How would you compare that? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question because Because, like, me, it's like I see Floyd, and I'm like, okay, well, 
Yeah. Is it bo- I, is it boring for you to it, watch? For me, Floyd? it is. Yeah. But but you have but you're drawn into Floyd or guys like that because of the you know, the the other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the charisma. It's the, what he brings to the ring, not necessarily while inside the ring. Yeah. Which I mean, if you're looking at from a tactician standpoint. Obviously, probably the best of his era, right? Yeah, I always say era for sure. Um, I don't, I hate the best of all time, but best of his era, I think he. And so then, maybe to add to his question to you is: Is it also a situation where maybe it's just the girl across the ring? It doesn't make a good fight because there's just no one at that caliber. That's the thing, and I it it does kind of suck at the same time for Carissa because they have been making a major push to push women's boxing for sure. They're making like networks, everybody. They're putting them out there. They're putting them out there. I just think that Clarissa might be the trailblazer to mm. set up future girls and and grow the grow boxing because right now you're right she doesn't have a dance partner that's the thing floyd had a bunch of dance partners meaning opponents that were good that ricky hatton from england you know manny pacquiao uh, oscar de Hoya, all those names floyd didn't do it on his own well he likes to think he did but he didn't he did a lot on his own he's a genius as well marketing but he also shared that ring with other greats yeah. too to make him great clarissa doesn't have that so so it's not her fault so pre-production we were all talking about and it, it, the, the topics were wide-ranging but when we talked specifically about the women's fighting we we mentioned mma side of things with ronda rousey mm-hmm. and the fact that when ufc finally developed the women's uh the different weight classes it started with her weight class obviously she was the draw there was really no one else. Like you couldn't name her first three opponents. I don't think yeah, in the in the in the UFC yep. because she walked through them. And it really was like from an interest standpoint with the other girl across the ring. In my opinion, probably wasn't until it was uh, Misha Tate. But they had developed a storyline mm-hmm. in order to come and finally well, fight one another. The difference is with um, Ronda Rousey was she was stopping and knocking girls out. Clarissa yeah, yeah. doesn't. She I think she's got like she's like ten or something in O, and I think she's got two KOs. Her last like two years, it all went the distance. So yeah, so so Rousey was Rousey was either knocking out or submitting. Yeah, yeah. but there was more excitement, and she had more of that personality. And you, you, you started to really either really dislike her or really love her, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a lot in the middle. Similar with like a Floyd, you either really like him or you oh, yeah. really hate him. And then it's, was- it's like from just a normal person just watching that doesn't know. It's like. We want to see that one, two. We want to sure, see that. Sure. We want to just the Mike be on our, Tyson. The, the Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson stuff. The Deontay Wilder. Like, we want to be on our toes knowing that at any moment something can just yeah. crazy happen. Something crazy can happen. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what you're. And, th- and you're that, I think with. that's. Because I, there's a fine line. Because yeah. you know from just a boxing, like, how technical and strategic you have to be to get that W. Yeah. But from a fan perspective, it's like you want to see some fireworks and that's and that's a hundred percent probably for me i can respect the um the ability and talent that clarissa has a hundred percent i think she's the most uh probably the best technically sound boxer out there women boxer for they, sure like she, she the, can fight they like, call her the can. quote for a reason she literally she, well she calls herself that nobody else does but <laughs> that's fair but that's fair too because you i want that's the thing I, I don't take that away from her either because she's very confident in herself and i'm like you should be i don't mind that a lot of people are like oh my god she's like so out but no, i'm like i don't mind it. have a personality that's, you out of all sports jared you can speak to this as well because out of all sports boxing and tennis is one-on-one you gotta have that self confidence, right? Like you gotta have a little bit of that ego because it's you out there, mm-hmm. nobody else. So I appreciate her having that ego because she needs to have that. It's just in a lot of people's eyes, she's not delivering 
based on people love to see the knockouts. People love to see that. They want to be on their toes. Just, Jared's literally an average fan, which yeah. is the average fan, though, is the fan that pays the bills at the end of the day. Sure. Because the boxing guys are going to tune in no matter what mm. because we like boxing. But we need the average fan to tune in. And that's Jared. And, and he's right, though. She doesn't have that, like, that wow factor. You know what I mean? Deontay Wilder, his skills are lacking. Clarissa Shields, totally 10 times better skilled than Deontay Wilder. But Deontay Wilder has got that wow factor. He can literally, and he's done this, lose in an entire fight and knock a guy out. Like at the end of the fight, before the fight's over, he'll knock a guy out, which is like, you're like, oh my God. It's like kind of boring, kind of boring, and then boom. And you're like, oh my God, what an amazing fight. But basically, it was boring before that, but that big knockout changed the, changed the whole scope of everything. Right. And that's why knockout artists in the history of boxing have been the most popular. People love to see knockout artists. Even though uh, Floyd Mayweather wasn't a knockout artist, he had to fight his butt off, promote himself, do all this crazy stuff to get to where he was at because he wasn't well-liked. He wasn't well-received. He wasn't well-paid. He had to get out of his contract with Bob Arum because Bob Arum was like, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to make money. And Floyd Mayweather's like, well, guess what? I'm going to bet on myself. $750,000, bought out of his contract, and became who he is now. Yeah. But... So that's kind of a token for Clarissa Shields right there. I hope that she can take this and be like, listen, you're not selling now. You're not. But if you truly believe in yourself enough, sell yourself a little better. Keep doing what you're doing and stop. This is where she kind of turns me off a little bit is she kind of makes a lot of excuses as to why she's not selling. And I'm not going to go into the stuff that she said, but I just I don't like the excuses because when Floyd was coming up, he was just like, I'm just going to keep winning, keep winning, keep winning and keep winning. And eventually People have no choice but to respect you, but to tune into you, but to watch you. Clarissa's got like 10 fights. She's literally got like 10 fights. Like, and she's wanting these million-dollar paydays already. I'm like, you guys realize that Floyd Mayweather wasn't making millions until he was like 30-something and mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Literally. And now he's making like $100 million for a fight. But she's complaining about not having all this pay. And I'm like, dude, go back. Floyd didn't make that money either. Floyd wasn't making a ton of money either. But he grinded his way out and grinded it and grinded it and became who he is today. I'm not saying that I think Clarissa Shields has the Floyd Mayweather talent or power, but try his way and see what it works. You're beating everybody. She's clearly better than everybody, 100%. I don't take that from her, but she just doesn't have that wow factor. I think, that. I think she needs to find a cross-promotion with MMA or something just to change things up, I just th- get some sort of knockout factor in not in boxing. And that's why and just, would- just have some, something different. And that's why it was interesting before this fight was even announced, she was training. She was starting to train MMA because, number one, that's where the dollars are. I mean, that's that if she wants to make money. Well, for women's. For women's. For women's sports, yes. But she would be a name. She would be be a draw there inside of a cage. Uh, So it would be interesting to see if that's where she goes back to. I don't know if she'll go back to training with those those guys. I think she might have been in New Mexico. I don't remember where she was training out she of. Was I know. I thought her next fight was no, going to yeah, be Yeah, but MMA. I'm thinking of what the people who she was training with. I think John Jones was helping her. I think other people were. I don't know if he's still out of New Mexico because I'm a I little sh- outside of that world now. I should know this, but she signed a contract with, like, it wasn't uh, it wasn't UFC, but it was like a Bellator or something. She actually mm-hmm. did. She's got a contract with an yeah. MMA company because she is she is Like a futures deal or that. something. Sure. And yeah. I can't remember who. So that means that actually, that's actually a great point because that means it takes out Amanda Nunez because she's in the UFC. So I don't even think if Clarissa wanted to, she couldn't because she signed with like a, a different organization. Well, Nunez would walk through her. That's yeah. that's a different topic for a different yeah. day. It's like you need you need some stepping stones. I mean, obviously Connor had a sports. Connor had a boxing background, so it made a 
and just with his name and Floyd, like that's where it made yeah. sense. But yeah, Claire said have to prove herself. Well, absolutely. But also on the other front, I guess Amanda Nunez is starting to run out of dancing partners mm-hmm. too because yep. she's just yep. walking through everybody. It's yeah, with that- Cyborg moving on to yep. what she with Bellator now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's both of you brought that topic, and it's so true. Is that they don't have dance partners, but I think that now we're seeing younger girls are seeing Clarissa Shields on TV. Yeah, which They're is great. seeing the women's Nunez on TV. So you're, now you're having girls that are going to get into it a, a much younger age. So now I think that what they lack is depth. So in professional women's sports, in boxing especially, there's not enough depth. There's yeah. not enough dance partners. Same thing with MMA. Yeah. But these girls could be troublemakers. In 10 to 15 years, we could be talking about Absolutely. other future girls with like multiple dance I partners. Agree. And that's the thing that like Amanda Nunez and Clarissa Shields, it's, it's you have to think about. It's what impact am I having on this younger generation? Mm. And even though right now in the present, I'm kind of floating with no real competition, you got to think big picture. You got to think, yeah. right, all right. I can be the staple of this sport and really grow it and be the first person in it. Yep. And that means a lot more just for yourself in life. You're leaving a legacy, essentially, a legacy for the people to look up to. Because I remember as a fighter when I was six years old, I literally remember looking up to so many people. And it was because of pros that I saw on TV. Literally, Mm -hmm. there were so many. Oscar De La Hoya, Roy Jones Jr. I saw them. Made me want to aspire to be them, well, and, and that's what these girls. I think you're seeing. Now, in, you're going to see in these sports because when it was Ronda Rousey, she basically opened the door to uh, media mm-hmm. and a different yeah. fan base. The fan base was already there, but on the men's side, but then realizing, oh, women's fights can be more than just you know chicks in a, in a ring. Yeah. It, it's Wrestling also around. it's also real matches, I, a different world. But I, I just thinking about this because of one of your clients. In the pro wrestling world, it was kind of the same thing. Women were just eye candy for a long time. And then fast forward a few years later, it's actually athleticism headlining pay-per-views, which would never have been thought of when we were growing up. Yeah. And not that it's, that's not a real sport. But uh, not, <laughs> not that it's athletic, but it's not a real sport. Um, but we're going to see that, I think, especially with these two names. You mentioned Clarissa Shields, Amanda Nunez. Now it's beefing up in maybe it's 10 years, 8 years, whatever it is, more talent pool. And that's yeah. hard for a fighter, just an individual, to, to swallow at this point in your yeah, career. Yeah. Because yep. it's like... Nobody wants I to want, accept that. No, it's like, I want to make as much money as possible. I want to just be this absolute superstar. Right but, now. Right now. But if your dance partner isn't there, if, if your ecosystem isn't allowing you to do that, then it's like, okay, what impact can I have on the next generation? Yep. And that just goes in life as well. It's like, how can you have an impact on the people that look up to you? You, you got to think bigger picture. It's, it's such a business mind to say that as well, but you do got to think bigger picture. And that's where Clarissa, this is where she misses me on some things is because she's on this whole women's movement. And it's like, she's like, we want equal pay. And I'm like, listen, they're paying you what they can pay you based on the ratings. And her ratings have been far below men. It's subpar compared to the men. And that's why I'm interested to see what these new pay-per-view numbers are. I don't think they're going to be even close, but I bet they'll be better than what women's have been. Mm. But it's a stepping stone. It's She's laying the foundation. Hopefully, she's still pro in five, six, seven years where she can kind of benefit a little bit off of it. But I think what she is doing is she's trailblazing. She's setting the groundwork for future generations 10, 15 years later for them to be like, oh, my gosh, I looked up to Clarissa Shields. Like, yeah. I wanted to be like her. But bring it back to tennis. For women's tennis, what was it? Martina Navratilova, mm-hmm. Billie Jean King. They weren't making any money when they were playing. But guess what? 
They paved the way now. Women professional tennis players at every single Grand Slam make the same as men. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. But, but Billie Jean had to pave the way. Billie Jean probably made crumbs. I think the winner, I, I can't remember what it was for sure, but it was something like $12,000 if you won a Grand Slam when Billie Jean King was playing. It's like $3 million now. Mm-hmm. If like Serena wins, it's like $3.2 million, yeah. and it keeps growing. And what so, people did, did they inspire? Like Serena exactly. Williams, Venus, Maria um, Sharapova, like... They all just changed the game and the pay through those leaders like earlier. Yeah, and you just got and that's it's it's tough to say this to uh, Clarissa. She was like, "Hey, maybe you're paving the way," and she probably doesn't want that necessarily. She wants to be like that, right? She wants to be uh, this is Serena Williams, uh, the star of the sport. She and, knows and what she's doing right now. She knows how hard she's working and everything. And, and she is, and yeah. she very much is, and that's why I, I hope that people that are listening don't think that I'm taking away from her. She's extremely talented. She won two gold medals. Like anybody that sticks around that long and can win two gold medals, right? Phenomenal. Like she's phenomenal, but. People aren't tuning in. Like they're just not tuning in, and they're tr- and it's no fault of promoters or television because television has been 100% on board. Clarissa Shields now has, I think, headlined the first pay-per-view card as a woman fighter. I think she headlined the first like primetime uh, free television network, the the card. So she, they're putting it out there. It's just it's not like it's not taking yet, but it could be the the beginning grounds of eventually it will like give it to people give it to people give it to people they might not be watching it now but later on they will mm-hmm. but we're also in the environment now where we like things quick yeah but like mm-hmm. how long has ufc been around it's pretty short still i mean in the grand scheme of things short but it's been around i mean i feel like 2010 2011 maybe uh earlier than that that, but but like look how now it's the past what Two three years it, is when it's really well. It took time because for for a while it just there wasn't great organization from the start, and then once things kind of they figured it out, and they were on the brink of bankruptcy before they did the Ultimate Fighter show, and this that was back in '05, I think '05 or '06. So they were they're almost folding the shutting the doors. Yeah, that blew it open Thanks. for them, and all of a sudden their audience expanded. I mean, there was this genius business networking between television networks, things like that, that kept them going. And then, and then we've seen it now. Different weight classes, uh, other other organizations folding into them, bringing on women's fights and weight classes. So it took time, and, and but it, in the grand scheme of things, a short window. It's, it's been a very short period of time for for the uh, evolution of not the sport itself, but but the brand. Because there's other organizations out there. There's other MMA yeah. organizations out there. Yeah. You know, a long time ago there was Pride that was mainly out in Japan. You know, you mentioned Bellator. Um, I think Strike Force was one for a while. There's other ones, yep. and there's other small promotions. We have friends that do this stuff. I mean, they're they're bouncing around all over the place um, on the professional circuit. But, but UFC it, built a good model. They built a good model, and it's almost, in, in my opinion, actually a bit oversaturated because it seems like every week there's something different. Exactly. Yeah. That it's there was a hype about probably two years ago where. You're looking forward to this next fight. Mm-hmm. It's like, sure. wow, look at these guys are headlighting. But now there's UFC fight night, and then there's like a week later, there's another fight, and then it's it's too much now. There's cool. no more like I'm looking forward to this. I used to just tune in like I'm like, wow, UFC's this Absolutely. Saturday, and I'm getting ready, and I'm just enjoying it. And I'm watching yeah. every single fight, pay per view. But yeah. now I haven't watched a UFC fight since Connor. COVID, really. I think, was a blessing in disguise for them, and maybe boxing to that degree too. Just Pumping like pumping the brakes, 
before we can get shows back again. And then, I mean, we were talking about this when, when the first shows started happening again, which was, what, in the fall? Yeah. And it was like, we're all watching. Yeah. We're all we're excited. All it's we, something. Like, yeah. It's we're something. Home. Exactly. Yeah. It's so something. I think they, like, they saw this opportunity. Mm-hmm. They knew that they figured it out, how to get testing, just really make it a yep. safe ecosystem for everyone. And I think they just pumped it out. But now it's something that's like, there's no much? more there's Did no more hype so yeah, yeah. I'm just not looking they, forward to it as much anymore and maybe maybe that's just because I'm not getting the fan reactions maybe that's the whole thing yeah I don't know I mean could you could be, be right I think you're right because like when I when I watch a boxing match on TV now there are it depends on what state you're in by the way because it, Texas we were in Texas in January they had fans because we were there at a fighter there oh, yeah. but some places are not having any fans when I watch it on TV it was the weirdest thing in my life to watch when it first started yeah. back like the summer or whatever they were doing no fans at all and yeah. you could hear everything i mean like you could hear the guy breathing it was the weirdest thing ever and i was just like this sucks like this sucks i feel like i'm in a boxing gym because when you're in a boxing gym that's exactly what it sounded like to me because i'm in a boxing gym there's no music going on all you hear is the, the leather flying people getting hit people mm. breathing sounded like that when i was watching tv i was just like i desperately need fans me personally I couldn't, thank God I haven't competed since um, the, the COVID happened, but I need fans. I literally, watching that made me realize how much I thrive off of fans. I genuinely don't think I could fight without fans. It's, it's, so, it's so crazy just watching all sports. And I think, like, NFL, they even had the fake fan noise. They did. And that added to it. Like, that actually made me enjoy it more A than, like, bit. watching basketball where it's just, like, Sound like you're hearing sneakers just squeak the whole it's time. It's weird. It's like an open gym. Yeah, yeah. Open and you could hear them jaw and complain the whole time, complain about no <laughs> calls and flopping and whatever else. Yeah. But you're right. I think when the NFL pumped that noise in, it was a little weird, and we all made fun of it. But it's like, eh, you know what? That's helpful it's for us. It's kind of accurate. And it's, it wasn't, like, inaccurate. <laughs> no, right. And so even with the camera angles for us, you weren't, you weren't really missing out. They had stuff tarped off, but they weren't making a big emphasis on the stands. They were very smart. The emphasis was on the field and some of their camera work. If you notice towards the end of the NFL season, I forget the name of the, the camera usage they did, but when they would be on the field, the angle actually was focused in on the target. Everything behind was blurry. It was, like, it was, it was like that 4K really cool camera type but, thing. But they made it as a point of emphasis angle where out the back. everything else behind mm-hmm. was blurred out rather yeah. than like a GoPro, not that one, but that one. Everything is focused in on. So that was interesting. I was talking to a digital arts guy, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're doing that on purpose. They, they want the emphasis to be on the players since yeah, the stands are empty. It's empty. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I forgot that there were no fans during some of these football yeah. games until it went, like, the back, back like, beside, uh, behind the quarterback. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there are no fans. That's like, right. Breeze That's right. The Superdome just absolutely silent around. But well, then they had the Super Bowl in Florida, and everybody called it a super spreader. How are we looking now? It ended up being really good. And how are we looking? things turned out okay after How are we that. looking? And that was in... Literally, what, a month, over a month ago, yeah. and we're still pretty good. Well, so I read the other day that, um, and I don't watch baseball, but it sounded like the tech, or somebody in Texas, one of the teams in Texas, wants 100% capacity for game one. I would love it. I would love it. But, but I would love it. I wonder what Texas team, though, because there's some it doesn't cities matter. there. They will, they will pack it out. Like MLB team? Yeah, or MLB. Well, leaves the Rangers and the Astros. Yeah. Right? I, and I can't see it being either one of those because both of those cities are very we'll liberal see. cities. We'll see. Most of the liberal cities it's like the Texas, shutdowns. Texas, just like Florida, operates a little differently. Texas yeah. oper- operates differently, too. They do. You know, we were talking before. I don't know where you were, but I'm going to Chicago on Friday. Yep. And I'm going to be there for a few days. 
I totally forgot, like, they have all these restrictions, right? So I was looking at my flights, and I was like, hmm, I should check the travel stuff. I was like, oh, crap. Uh-oh. You need a COVID test, 72 hours. What? You do? Well, you, yes and no. They want that from Florida because we're an orange state to them. Blah. They basically just hate us and other states. Um, Jealous. If you were to arrive from one of these states like Florida, 10-day mm-hmm. mandatory self-quarantine unless you can uh, show evidence that you have a negative COVID test within the last 72 I hours. I did not know that. Which begs the question, well, what, what, what was I doing the last 71 hours? So if I test That's negative... That's a big controversy because... So, my wife and I, we went to Hawaii back in December, and I had COVID in November and was positive. She was negative, took four tests the entire time, and she was negative every time. And so, we're going to Hawaii, and they're very, very strict about, like, what you can do, because there's very small clinics slash hospitals on their islands, and I was positive, and my wife, she's, like, flying over, and she had to get the negative 72 hours. But it's like, she could get it. 71 hours to yeah. zero yeah. on the yeah. plane or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And then when I get there, they denied me and I had to go in quarantine and then she was free to go and this whole thing. They did. Oh, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Ridiculous. But I'm oh like, gosh, I'm like, I'm literally the safest person to yeah, be here right now. Just, because you I cannot... recent, like November. Yeah. So within a month. Yeah. I was three like, weeks out. So like. You're perfectly. I was. By their numbers, the, you're perfectly good. I was the safest person yeah. to be around. Yet she could have gotten it. They made you quarantine? How long did you have to quarantine? Long story. We got the CDC involved in everything because I had the proper documentation. They yeah. said I didn't. We talked to the Department of Health in Hawaii, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was in quarantine for 48 hours because they refused. Away from your wife. Yeah, away then from my wife. you just flew into Hawaii. Just flew in there, yeah. I did it was, not know this story. I, I mean, let's I'll look, tell you the full story. I mean, let's be sure that could be a break. It was. Uh, I'm a veteran in this game. That could have been a, a nice little break. <laughs> um, uh, so no, this is this is the new this is the new scarlet letter. You know whether or not you have the vaccine or whether or not you've tested positive or negative or blah blah blah. And, and so the and the ball is constantly moving on this top on this topic and the science of it. And and you'd expect that because it's relatively new. So I don't expect from day one. Science has everything down pat, and we have it down pat. Science is ever-evolving. It It is. It has to move. and has to adjust. But come on. Now the CDC is coming out and saying, oh, well, if you've had the shot, you can now gather without a mask. Well, so I have to now provide evidence if I've had the shot. Now we're pariahs. Now we're actually, just like I'm having to take documentation to Chicago if I need it, now we're having to carry stuff to give evidence that we have either had a shot a or we haven't. Or, it's a yes, exactly. Slope that we're going it down. definitely is. And yep. I hope people realize that. Like, it's there's more to it than just these 100% little things. Is. Like, we have to be careful because that's giving ultimate government control over a lot of stuff. And that's where, like, you, all these anti-maskers. Like, I get it. I do get it because I think they're they're fighting the bigger picture, which is the slope of that we're going down. Right. Where like, this would be crazy, man. I've I've heard of like we might have this like kind of like a vaccination passport yeah. type of deal. And I'm like, I'm a little scared. Well, no, think I'm of it. I'm a little scared about think this of it. like right any, now. I any, actually am. Any airline could require you that. It's not necessarily the government. private. The government's not necessarily twisting their arm, yeah. but they're a publicly traded. Uh, employers too. Yeah. A publicly traded stock, a publicly traded company yeah. like an airline, they could require that. Just like in, any business could say, hey, you're not wearing a mask. You got to get out. Mm-hmm. They, they could do the same thing, which is kind of the road it seems like we're going. Yeah. And once again, like to your comment of like the anti-maskers, yeah, I think it's kind of silly if you're just like up in arms because you got to wear a mask. Yeah. 
It is the bigger but picture. Of them, but some of them are not just like, oh, I don't want to. Some of them are like the bigger picture. No, like, that's, dude, you're that's, taking away some rights and they're actually not wrong. That's, that's where I'm at. It's, it's the next steps. Yeah. It's yeah. what else are we all of a sudden giving up? Yeah, we've both been up? there. I wear it when somebody tells me to yeah. wear a mask in their business. I'll wear it. I do. I, was, I just flew. I was in Park City, Utah. I wore the mask on the airlines, all that stuff. But it's like, what's next? That's what I'm worried about. I'm like, listen, I'll wear your mask. You tell me to wear it right now. I'm going to wear it yeah. because we have a global pandemic going on. So I'll wear it. And I have. But it's like, what's next? That's the only thing that worries me. I'm like, there's all these anti-maskers are not technically like, oh, I don't need all this. I think they're more like, we need to stop it now because who knows? We're going to fight sure. the mask now for the crap that's going to come later. Yeah. And it's coming. I mean, it's... Anyways, we, we could talk about that kind of stuff all day long. Now, I want to get back on topic a little bit. Let's, let's move away from, from your girl, Clarissa Shields, and let's talk a little bit about uh, Chocolito Gonzalez taking on Juan Estrada. Uh, do you have the dates on that? It's this weekend. I believe it's Saturday. Okay. So it, I, don't believe what, I don't know what network it's on technically. It's, probably, it's not a pay-per-view, so it's on Showtime or ESPN, one of those networks. Um, it's a rematch, I believe, and Chocolito actually was pound-for-pound pound number one in the world for like a couple of years, mm-hmm. actually straight, was the pound for pound number one in the world. And then he got upset by this guy named Rungvasai, I think was his name. But anyway, they're rematching. Chocolito retired actually a couple of years ago and has since come back and been like on this win streak out mm-hmm. of this world. So I think that it's going to be an exciting fight. It's the lower weight class guys. So I think 122, I forget the exact, but it's, it's a lower weight class guys. It'll be an exciting fight, but... You say 120? 26, 122, 126 is the weight class, which is, but it's funny though, the 130 and 135s right now is a hot division. Like people are actually like, um, Lomachenko is in that division. Yep. Uh, Lopez is in that division. Yep. Like they're, these guys are making like, we just brought it up to Triller. Lopez just signed a contract. He's Serious. fighting three point something million dollars. He's 135 There's a pounds. And I want to, I don't I think wanna... I've been 135 pounds since I was like in fifth grade yeah exactly <laughs> you're not a big guy either like no. but that's like tiny still well, i know yeah, i is. haven't been for, for a little while <laughs> i mean i think i think when the trolls refer to you know out of shape fat guys it must be they're talking about me not you yeah i don't know that, i don't know listen, either there was a guy that had six followers well what they do and it wasn't even his name what they do is that i they, stopped responding because like this guy doesn't even deserve they create they create fake accounts in order to generate more response i mean yeah. that's that's fine whatever i'm like i'm busy man i don't have time for that stuff so, it's, anyways, yeah, one. It, it's it's this, it's this Saturday. Okay, it'll be a good fight. Um, I highly recommend to watch it for sure. Chocolito is fighting on Saturday. It's going to be an exciting fight. Uh, he's fighting Estrada. Like I said, I believe it's a rematch. So it's a good fight. Chocolito has has the makings to be in another big big fight because he is a former number one pound for pound, sure. and that's a coveted thing. For people that don't know what pound for pound means, pound for pound is not this sanctioning organization. Pound for pound means no matter what your weight is. They consider you the best in the world, mm-hmm. no matter what the weight. They consider him better than a heavyweight. They consider him better than a welterweight. All those guys. So pound for pound is a very, very coveted thing. If you get that, like you're legit. Like only one person in the whole world gets pound for pound. Well, each week we get closer to you changing your opinion on who that is. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's I still, one week I, closer. I still have Terrence Crawford pound for pound. It's one week closer to Canelo being pound for pound best in the world. And I've said it like so. I, I fought Terrence Crawford in the pros, and I consider him pound for pound. So does a lot of people, though. I'm not. I agree. I, I am yeah, not yeah. in the minority. A lot of people do. To be fair, a lot of people but do. But I do think he is. But I've made the case for Canelo how many times now in our episodes? Literally every episode, I'm like, wow, he's fought this guy. He's fought this guy. He's fought this guy. I'm like, how is he not my and pound he for stayed, pound? And he stays active. He's the fighting champion at this point. He's fighting again in May. So I, I, I agree. 
lot he's, of props to him for yeah. taking on all these fights, just continuing, even though he's already hit this status. It's it's amazing. It's very cool. Agreed. It's cool to see. Agreed. Because yeah. it's like you're fighting for the game and not just for the that's fame. That's if you're a kid. If you're a kid, he's not bigger than the game, and I think he knows that. And that's right. Amazing. If if you're a kid watching boxing, that's the kind of person to look up to. Someone that's old consistently school. grinding, old school mentality, working hard, puts the right camp around him, brings other fighters up too in order to bust their butts. So you get like Ryan Ruiz Garcia. and all those guys getting Ryan in shape. Garcia as well. Garcia is in there. He has nothing, nothing to gain yeah. from fighting a lot of these people. Yeah, hundred percent. The, the last <laughs> guy he fought, literally, it was not much to gain. The guy was. No. Legit number one contender. Everything to lose because if it's just a puncher's chance, that guy could have, mm-hmm. you know, which didn't even come close. But you it never was. know. You never know. No, I mean, you guys are right. And that's why, like, again, I'm actually on the show and I did a radio show before this. I've been slowly but surely becoming a huge Canelo fan based on his, like, his work ethic, his, his uh, choice of people that he's fighting, his activity, everything. Like, the dude's legit. He's it's, legit. It still bothers me that he doesn't take interviews in English, though. But you know what? He slowly is he, does. Is he getting better? He actually okay. understands English now. When you see interviews, yeah. he'll still speak English sometimes. Okay. When he does interviews, the, the, the um, translator, when they, they, they ask him the question, he doesn't even wait for the translator anymore. But then he speaks Spanish still. But he can understand the English. And every once in a while, like with Ryan Garcia, you'll see on little short like Instagram videos, yeah, yeah. Canelo will speak English. That's good. He's coming around. Okay. He's so slowly I, I, coming I around. I haven't seen it since yeah. like a couple of years, like no, but a year right. ago. But before, it was just reliant on it it's like you're in the spotlight it's like you but he also that. knows though i mean the american audience has already gravitated towards him in my opinion so he is definitely his base though loves him and he's going to continue to talk to them well, we, we can go back and talk about that too because that's something that i've always talked about that the american people and their sports athletes they don't get behind them they really don't we don't we have such a variety of choice we have too many freedoms in america sometimes where like i'm not kidding though look at it Floyd Mayweather didn't have a big fan following and easily the greatest of his era. I think Americans bo- didn't really like him. I think him. in boxing you're right, but I think in other sports they do. I don't know, man. You, like, you either – like I don't like him, but you either love LeBron or you don't. Jordan. That's – well, that's different because not. there's not – see, that's where it's different because basketball is not necessarily a world sport. That's in the United States. Right, so but you're talking so this any, country, like, yeah, though. So in this United country. United States sports nation, you're right. I think that that's true because Michael Jordan – but Michael Jordan actually – I think when you get to – but then to your point, there he is. The that's the GOAT. That's the real GOAT. GOAT. <laughs> um, when you get to a global-based sport, then I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, we I, don't get behind anybody. I would agree with that for sure because I, I do think a lot of people love LeBron. That's I mean, everyone gets behind Aaron Rodgers. They love that guy. No, they do not. How about your boy Dak getting the massive deal? For what? Oh, yeah, I forgot your Cowboys. Yeah. For what? Yeah, I forgot your Cowboys I'm not fan. really sure about that. Well, yeah, it just puts you guys in a tough situation for the next couple of years. Listen, here's the deal, though. As a person, I really like Dak. Yes. I think Dak's, like, such a good I person. I agree like, with that. I really like him. I'm not, and that yeah. makes my – every time I do a prediction for boxing, if I ever do a prediction based on emotion, it's always wrong. So that's why I can't really comment on Dak because I like Dak too much that like I'm just like I really like the guy. So I don't really know if it was the right call or not because I actually I'm emotionally I think he's a good dude. That's why I'm talk, always wrong. Like that's why I'm always wrong in boxing and MMA you because get I get emotional and then Travis yep. is like, no, nah, it's gonna this guy's yep. gonna win. Yep. And I'm like, but that's Damn exactly it, why media is so good when it comes to like boxing. They do those 24 hour like things where they follow them in camp and all this stuff. They get you. I literally, I'm not kidding. About eight years ago, I learned to do this because I was I would get emotionally attached. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, 
this guy actually has a chance to beat Floyd Mayweather. He real, I think he does. And then Floyd would just blow this guy's doors off. And I'm like, why? Why? I, I originally knew Floyd was going to kick this guy's ass. And then I watched this like it's HBO just the form of marketing. It's always marketing. I'm a big Wilder fan, and when he fought Fury, Travis like. I was here for that, yeah. and I was, and I, I also, I also thought because I watched everything, I'm like, Deontay Wilder. We did a poll at the house too, and everybody there was like, I was like, dude, I don't even feel like I'm that big of a genius for knowing that. I was like, I think it's obvious, but I was so pissed at you. <laughs> but it's like that's why like I've learned, and that's mm-hmm. what made me better of a predictor is like I literally don't predict fights anymore based on who I want to win, well, and that's why like I tell people on our on that thing we're coming the trolls. I go, listen, guys, I have nothing against Ben Askren. I think he's a good guy. Everyone, but he's not gonna win. Everyone, it doesn't mean I hate him. Everyone, it everyone trolling opinion. in that circumstance is an MMA fan. And granted, I was a huge MMA fan for many years, I, and I've just fallen off a bit just because it, to me it's just oversaturated. So don't get me wrong. I love seeing MMA guys succeed. I have friends that are in MMA. I have friends that are in UFC. Yeah, yeah. I like seeing them succeed. But you're taking an MMA guy and putting him in a boxing ring. Yeah, and an MMA guy that has not shown, on, at least on video record, that he's capable. Even in his MMA fights, he's not a and, good boxer. And he comes from a wrestling background. Different than Connor. Who 100%. Came from a boxing background. So you put those two guys in an in a, in a, in a MMA fight, he wins. He's going to beat Jake Paul, my opinion. But he's like a fish out of water with this thing. I could be 100% wrong, but I agree with you on what your comments were uh, online with that. Um, so back to the emotions and things like that. How many times have you seen me, because the Packers have been in big games a lot uh, <laughs> since we've known each other. More than the Cowboys, yes. When they're in the big match, when they're the, the big game, how many times have you seen me like, hell yeah, they're going to stomp that opponent. They're never, going to run never. right through. Because like, I know better. You're the most heartbroken guy I ever. I know so better. You're like, you don't say it ever. I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken before the game because I just already know this is how they're going to lose. And if, 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 it's that's, the opposite for you, though. That's the only way I'm right on any of these sports is that I know how my Packers are going to lose. And I'm right every time. It's all right. I'm a Giants fan. But. Well, I know that you guys are always going to beat us in the playoffs. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> if they make the playoffs. Yeah. It, once they when make, they do make it, they're going to yeah. beat us. Unless, unless the Eagles tank. But aye, aye, aye. So anyways. So that's where we're at. So, so Jared, give us a little background, man, because I know you and Travis are good friends. Uh, but, uh, but I want to spend some time with you here just to kind of get in your experience and, and – and just things that you've learned along the way. Uh, still still playing tennis. I know you you guys are based out of North Carolina now. You were down here in Florida. So just give uh, our audience and whoever else might be tuning in just a little background on yourself and then kind of what you guys are up to nowadays. Yeah, so um, born and raised in Chicago in Wilmette, Illinois. Midwestern or? Yep, exactly. Kind of wish I saw the snow this year, but anyway. <laughs> um, went to University of Illinois. Play tennis there, and then all American. That's amazing, by the way. Three times. Three times. Yep. That's literally amazing. I, I, I don't know. That's amazing to me because like I never got to really boxing was never like collegiate sport. There was amateur boxing, but it was never collegiate. So like I genuinely always wanted to be like an all American, but I could never be one because it was not like maybe explain to folks that are tuning in because. It's, it's easier on like other sports to say this person's All-American because you can kind of get the numbers of how many that would be. And in the tennis realm, how many people would be considered an All-American? So division one is, that's like the yeah, top so, of the top. So 16 players a year. Wow. Yeah. Phenomenal. That's of incredible. All division one schools in the United States. That's University amazing. of Illinois, definitely division one. Three times you took one of those 16 slots. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's yeah. incredible. 
Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so that was great, surrounded by amazing coaches, amazing teammates. Um, went on to play tennis professionally for the next three years, got up to 350 or so and traveling the world. And it was fun, but um, gets a little draining. And obviously, you're spending so much time in the hotel room. I mean, you're yeah. there eight to 10 hours a day, and it's like, okay, well, what what can I do to make use of this time? So in doing so, um, created a company. It's called Recovery for Athletes, and it's basically a high-end specialty marketplace for athletes to get the best athletic recovery and home fitness equipment. So that's kind of what we've been building um, since 2018. Um, I actually have a few of your products. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I use so, to this day still, like the Theragun. Mm-hmm, we still yep. use that. Yep. So we sell like Theragun, Game Ready, Garmin watches. I saw you were in a watch, and um, it's been a really, really cool process and just learning just the business world. And we've really just been transitioning and growing this company really fast and just adding the best brands out there. And the real thing with our company, it's like we're not just like a Dick Sporting Goods or an Amazon. It's we're super specific and high end specialty products for athletes for, for what they need. And it's stuff that I've used in my career. I've seen other athletes use and Clarissa Shields, by the way, is yep. one of your guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So like we work with Clarissa. Clarissa worked with us, um, actually like two months after we opened. So awesome. I was calling her on her cell phone and we were placing some orders. She got a game ready and like a lot you, of rounds. How are you going to be so critical of the girl? Come on. I know. Like, I'm uh, like, I, I don't know. So I, I'm just yeah. being real. So what would you find as like the biggest challenge as a, a business owner in the current environment right now? Yeah. So um, it's interesting because COVID has accelerated. I don't want to say accelerated our sales, but we transitioned into having a lot of home fitness equipment and when COVID shut everything down, it was something where it opened our eyes to, okay, wow, like life can change for everyone forever. Like the customers that we talk to and every, the customers we talk to, they're like, I'm never going to the gym anymore. Like I'm working from home. I need this to supplement my workouts and everything like that. Like this is how, this is how I'm changing. Um, we've always been a remote company. We don't have a, quote unquote headquarters. So a lot of it hasn't changed with us, but it's really just shown how important communication is. And just in really, um, communication is the biggest thing. It's like how our customer service team is working with our marketing team and just really making sure that the correct information is being relayed to our customers. Because at the end of the day, it's like, how does our customer have the best experience possible? How are we improving their athletic performance? How are we making them better? And that's our number one goal. Hmm. So the great question that I have for you is, as a professional athlete, what has challenged you from being a professional athlete and that you've taken over into the business world? Yeah, like what question. challenges have, have you came across now as being an entrepreneur, essentially owning your own business? What have you taken from your actual career into that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's like how, how difficult it is for people to, for athletes to trust the products that they're getting yeah and there's so much snake oil out there and just Mm -hmm. like marketing dollars being thrown at people and they don't believe in what they're actually promoting yeah and so it's just been that balance of like me wanting as a professional athlete like just wanting to oh i want this product i want this product but then as a business owner it's like okay well which product actually works like what can actually help improve people and that's the biggest thing that I've gotten from it. I mean, I feel like that's, that's great. I feel like that separates you from a lot of people, though, because you actually want to help them. Mm-hmm. I, I've noticed that 
being a professional author myself for so long that the more money people have spent on advertising something, the more I or the, the less I believed in it. Because if they had to spend so much money to sell that to me, I eventually I'm just like I lost faith in that. Yeah, and there, I don't there think was a it works. Time, you have to sell it that like, much. You see all these different athletes promoting stuff, blah yeah. blah blah. Like they're getting paid. And you wonder if it's real exactly. or they're getting there paid. Was, there was right. a That's small, what I mean. There was a small period where this was blowing up Instagram. Like this athlete was using this. This athlete was using this, and you you truly believed it. Yeah. But now it's gotten to like in us, it's like we're looking to add athletes to our our profile, and we have some great athletes that we work with. But it's like, okay, who actually believes in this stuff? Who is going to put their name behind our brand yeah. and really cares about their body and cares about getting better? Because you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah, I agree. As an athlete, 100%. You want to believe mm-hmm. the stuff that you're working with. Yeah. That's the first battle is you can have the best stuff in the world, but if you don't believe that it's working or believe that it's helping you, it's not going to help you. Right. Even if it's great, you have to believe it. Yep. So when you're looking at market penetration – Hey. hey, I was waiting. That's what he said. So are, are you looking specifically still at that niche, looking at professional athletes, or do you see envision this longer term going into more of the the amateur athlete or the stay-at-home fitness people? You know you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want to see this expand out to just traditional households. Yeah, so right now our biggest thing is we've done recovery and fitness equipment, but we're going to be expanding into nutrition and into sleep. Okay. So – those are really the four because pillars. Because sleep is Huge recovery. Component. That's Huge recovery. Component. So yeah, those miss. are the four pillars that we believe, it, from a health and wellness perspective, is the most important things for an athlete. Yeah. So with that being said, like our customer base ranges from Olympians to weekend warriors who, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome because then we also have like the, the 65 to 75-year-old crowd, and it's yeah. like we have specific products that work for them. Right. And it's, it's pretty interesting because people ask us like, oh, like what's your target market? Who are your customers? And it's, it's like everybody, everyone, because everyone has the athlete inside of them. Everyone wants to be the healthiest that they can be. And that's something that it's, it's been very apparent and it's been a lot of fun just because you never know who's going to be calling you. You really, you don't. And I remember I was with you a couple of times and we were golfing, I think, and you had like. I, I, like, I don't know if you can tell who it was, but like you've had some like pretty high-end people, like super high-end people calling you for products. Yep. And like it was pretty cool like mm-hmm. to sit there and listen to take a phone call from like a super high – I mean like super high-end. And I'm sure there's some privacy with there, but I overheard it. He didn't actually tell me. I overheard it. But like you've had some high-end clients like for sure. Like everybody is – especially now during this pandemic, everybody wants to get healthy because if anybody's listening, I've been preaching this that – the healthier you are, the better off you are against COVID. Oh, yeah. You can naturally fight off COVID. If you have a, a good immune system, you take care of your body, you exercise. Recovery is very important. So I've, I've said that many times. So Asterisk, we are not doctors. That it's not <laughs> <Exactly>. fully 100% <laughs> medically proven, but but you might as well do those uh, healthy uh, choices or make those healthy choices and decisions for your life because it can only – Help the cause, Pretty right? Pretty much get up off your butt and do something. Yeah, get off your butt. Stop stop worrying about the world every day and go do something for yourself. That's my opinion. I mean, we've, we've been hanging out and talking all throughout this whole thing. I mean, I'm in the gym six days a week. 
I mean, and I'm an old man at this point. I'm an old, married, grizzled veteran. You're not old at all. Not old. Like I'm, he's talking about that, that, kills me. that older age range. That's me. I'm that demographic. No, he's not. So okay. listen, when you when you're married as long as I am, and I have two kids. So marriage ages you like twice well, as much, yeah. right? Is that what you're saying? But when, when you have two wow. kids, I can't both, wait to get married, Jerry. Hey, both my kids are double-digit age range. That increases exponentially your age, your your the way you feel. That's what's why I, I truly believe it. you mentioned the four pillars and I've always four, three, whatever else. Sleep is like the big thing yeah. and everyone misses out on that. Yeah. Everyone gets that wrong yeah. for a variety of reasons. For me, I, I, I can tell when my sleep pattern is messed up and it's usually not because I'm not for trying, but it's my mind is constantly going. Mm -hmm. That tends to be my problem. But that's one element that people forget and they think it's all gym and diet. No, you need sleep. Yeah. So this is, this is a really cool thing. So Bjorn Fratangelo, one of my argued friends. Yep. Professional tennis Active player. Professional. Yep. He has the aura ring. So yep. it tracks your sleep patterns mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. And he's very, very into like just wellness and health and performance and just getting all that. So we, a couple nights ago, we had two glasses of bourbon. And the next morning, it's like, difference. obviously you don't sleep as well. And I'm like, hey, what is your aura ring saying right now after two nights? And he sent me the night before mm -hmm. and then that night. Big difference. And yeah. it was crazy. Mm. Like his resting heart rate was four beats above mm -hmm. what he normally was. For the last three weeks, he's always been 37, 38, 36, 38, 38, 36. That one night, he was at 42. Wow. Just resting heart rate. His REMs were way less than what he usually is. That's Just from wild. two glasses. That, that's, it's so interesting that you say that, too, because I always tell people, and this is why I hate this talk in, 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 in sports of, like, greatest of all time. The reason I hate this is because we have super athletes now. Yeah. Because sports medicine and things like that Leaps and bounds. changes the game. Sure. Because you go all the way back to, let's just say, Babe Ruth in baseball. Those guys smoked cigars and drink beer in the dugout <laughs> during the game. The, so nowadays we have super athletes. The conversation, these guys are so fit, so smart. But the conversation so I like to have with that, I turn it around on people. I said, okay, take those people from back then and those arrows. Put them here. Put them here. Yeah. How are they performing? Oh. They off destroy the charts, it off, off the, the charts. charts for sure. But it's still like that's why. But I, I just still hate the greatest of all time talk. I so just do I. Do Listen, Den Dennis Rodman would athletes. have forty <laughs> rebounds a game in today's world. He was able to go to Las Vegas, party, and do a god knows what, and come yes, back. Yes, I was you just watching that. I'm telling you, <laughs> Travis. Was, Travis has a five a.m. lesson this morning, <laughs> and. In between his lessons, he's watching Last Dance. It's on TV. Yeah. I come down at 6.30 to walk the dogs, and I he's only, just watching it. I only gravitated towards that. I love Michael Jordan, but I love Dennis Rodman for some reason. He was yeah. like, for as a child, uh, childhood uh, hero of mine, hero. Because he was a hero? Not a hero. Was your hero? Not a hero, sorry. Was, I'm questioning our friendship right now. It's a bad use of words. This is before he married himself, okay? Okay, well, let's He was one of my favorite basketball players of that era because he just – he didn't give he a crap. He left it all out there, yeah. He left it all out there, and he wasn't about scoring. He was about the other stuff that no one you else wanted need, to do. He was a dirty player. Like he did that. the dirty stuff. He got the job done. That's what he said. He did the dirty stuff? I mean, I've known guys. I've known friends that have probably have said that. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's move on from that. I mean, my kids are watching. I mean, at least my son is. Yeah. Amber. Why aren't you watching? Yeah, no one else watches. Anyway, so I don't want to take away uh, from what we were talking. We were just 
we're, we're talking about all these great things about physical fitness and all these elements. We're drinking bourbon, talking about it. We're talking about Our sleep is not smoking be good. cigars, Babe Ruth. Our sleep pattern is not going to be good tonight. No, no. It's not. Mm-hmm. No. But we know that ahead of time, folks. We know that ahead of time. We'll plan for that. We can plan ahead. Plan ahead. But you know what? Sometimes, though, I, I've realized now, because I'm 37, professional, over 16 years, amateur, 14 years, I've learned that I can't be strict on everything. Sometimes for my own sanity, for my own mind, I like to do things that I enjoy, which is a glass of bourbon now. I've been, I've been in that. Is it going to affect me? For sure. My sleep schedule is going to be a little bit affected, but I think that the overall like, success of it all is going to be like my joy mm. is going to counteract the off sleep that I'm going to have because yeah. I'm enjoying this right now. Yeah. Like, it's healthy. It's good. We don't drink bourbon every single night. Camaraderie. Nights. We don't. Yeah. And like, I think that that is going to counteract my, I'm going to have lack of sleep for sure. Yeah. Like I, I had a, it last night. And another thing is like, when I was in college, it's like, yeah, you want to have that college experience and everything, but look, you're still trying to win a national championship. Yeah. And it's, it's being organized in which it's like, okay, it's a weekend, Friday, night, we, Friday, Saturday night, we just won our match on Friday night and Saturday night. Okay, we can go out, but it's like, okay, well, we have another match on next Friday, so probably starting... Wednesday, we shouldn't go out anymore. It's like we can go out then, and there's got to be a balance. Exactly, you have to balance. And it teaches you. It teaches you, and it's maturity. It's like, okay, well, where, how does this affect me? When can I do it? When can I not? And it's just getting strategic. And you know, all right, folks. So, so I'm around some sort of professional greatness here because I was a frat guy in college. (laughs) I mean, frat guy conversation. I've uh, well, no, no, we're not having that conversation. There's not a lot to talk about. Uh, But publicly, this was not my life. This was not my life. Uh, we didn't worry about this kind of stuff. You guys did. So kudos to you. Yeah. And like, I love that statement though, because I think maturity is the question there. I think that's why I haven't fully announced my retirement because like, dude, I'm telling you the last couple of years, I feel like my maturity is like through the roof, like on my training, mm. on my training. Okay. okay. Yes. There you that. go. Okay. So my training and like my thought process of the actual boxing matches is like, I'm so much in a different level now of where I was when I was 30 or 25 even. And like on a good side, like I'm older. You see see the game differently now. Especially from like coaching now. I've been on the coaching aspect for a couple of years, like full time for a couple of years. I see things differently now. I'll get in the ring now. Unlike I haven't been training at all. I'll step into the ring with some of my clients and I'll spar with them. And I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like I've sparred better now than five years ago when I had eight weeks of training. Mm -hmm. Now I've had zero weeks of training and one of my guys pissed me off and I'm like, suit up, let's go. Headgear's on now. (laughs) And I'm like, I still have that young mindset in my head. Also is gonna get me in trouble like probably when I'm a little older and my game has kind of like started to fade a little bit, but so far it hasn't. And I get in the ring with these guys and I'm like, in a different level, like my thought process, my maturity level is like so different. And I'm like, it's, it's, I wish I had it when I was like 25. Exactly. Because <laughs> it's like, I'm volunteer at uh, university of North Carolina at Charlotte. So UNCC and I'm seeing the game just from a coaching perspective. And then when I go to play the guys, I'm just like, wow, I was worried about that shit when yeah. I was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when I was on the court, I was a nervous wreck about yep. doing this, doing this. And now I'm playing the guys and I'm like, what do I have to lose? Like, why was I nervous about that? Right. It's the like I'm a right. different player now, and so I feel like if I literally put in like a, a two month training block and got in better shape and just really started, like 
I'd be completely different the mental aspect player, but for, I got a business. The so. mental aspect <laughs> for any athlete is huge. I mean, obviously, on the professional side, on the weekend warrior side, whatever else, once you can finally kind of con- not control it or master it, but you understand how to work through it, mm-hmm. that makes such a huge yeah. difference. We all obviously coach at a certain level. We've all participated in different things. So it's even like on the running side, like running marathons, running whatever else. Once, once like my mindset is right, Yep. That makes everything so much easier. And I look back at prior events, I'm like, I was worried about this. Exactly. It's, it's crazy yeah. when people ask me this, but they literally, I, I've said this from literally when I was an amateur, like 14 years old, people ask me this shit. I say boxing is 90% mental, 10% physical. Sure. And I think probably as, an, as a professional, I, almost player, every sport. I feel like you could probably say that for yeah. a lot of sports, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's where like now I've always said it, but I feel like I truly believed it the older I've gotten yeah. and now I've been on the other side. And I'm like, yeah. that's why I feel like I feel a little more, I've had a couple bourbons, but <laughs> the I, bourbons, bourbons, bourbons. <laughs> you'll see, but, this is where it falls off. This is where the, tra- where the train comes better. off the tracks. But I, I honest to God, like you can ask some of my, at my athletes that I train to, like, I swear to God, like I've like sparred with like 20 year olds, 22 year olds and literally 200 pounders and kick their asses. Yeah. And I shouldn't have, but I did because now mentally I'm in a different state. Like, now there's not as much pressure on me. There's not as much like expectations mm-hmm. because when I go into the ring and spar now, I'm just like, I'm free. I'm free. I'm like, there's no expectations at all. They're looking at me. They're like, uh, he's older. He hasn't fought. Like, and I'm in my mind, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, I don't have that high expectation now when I'm going in there. So I feel like I'm just, even though I've had more bourbons, bourbons right now, I feel dangerous. If I ever came back, I feel a little dangerous because I'm like mentally, I'm in a different level. Like so, I'm literally, and I think that those athletes that are great, I feel like they figured that out oh, yeah. in their twenties. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they're great. Yeah, yeah and because some people figured out later, and that's just what it is. Because like when I was playing, it's like you, and you don't really have something after. You're like, this is all I have. Yeah, yeah. This is all I have. Like, what am I gonna do? And it's like, this is everything to me. Sure. And now that we we have careers, your coaching career and, and my business. And it's like, well, okay, this really just opened up a, a box of worms where it's like, wow, yeah, I can just play free now. And I know I have this. And it just, it's like, yeah. what if I had that mentality when I was playing? Yeah. And, and, and to You're expand still young enough to where you could come back. Oh, yeah, yeah, You're yeah, technically yeah. not retired. Um, yeah. So <laughs> to expand on that though, and here's, and let me flip it around. Here's what concerns flip me though. Flip it and reverse it. Here's what com- it concerns me on the generation coming up. And, and I see it just because I coach youth. Um, the iPad kids. That's it's that, but I just kids. think You've been, that's I've, a great name. I've so recently true. in the past couple of years dealt with more head cases than eight years ago more stress yeah. younger too younger and and not for any reason in particular just the anxiety comes out of nowhere and, and that's really concerning i think and i don't know where it develops but i've noticed that as a coach it's from that not not real life interaction yeah yeah this, i think i think there's a we, lot we of talked sources. about this the yeah. other day it's like the meat and bones of just growing up and just being gritty and just like living in the woods like, it's, yes. gone. It's, yeah. gone. it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's, like it's real of, life. It's a sense of, I just want to be comfortable. I want to be just perfect everything. People don't want to go through the struggle. Even, no. even last night. They're I, afraid of the how struggle. How do you face diversity? Yeah, so even last night I have an athlete that's very talented, and she, 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 I mean, she's so good at middle distance. And she was stressing out. Like, like, and and it, it, it hampered her performance to where she should have easily been top three, top two in her event. 
but it hampered her performance because her anxiety that no one lumped on her. She put it on herself. Put it on herself, yep. and it affected the rest of the evening for her. Yep. And I'm just thinking, man, that's not the, I don't remember that. I don't remember that at that age. I had some, I guess, but that was more because I wanted to do, I wanted to do well on the basketball yeah. court, whatever else. Yeah. It's like, let's go, let's go create a pickup game. Let's but never, let's go play with the never boys to in the a freezing like free. It was like, there yeah. wasn't a lot of expectations. So I don't know. There's just a lot of sources that I think are contributing to that nowadays. And, and as, as coaches, and it doesn't matter what level you're coaching, you yep. coach a lot of different that's levels. It. You're, you're helping Dude, out I at got college. Six years old to 60 years old. Literally. That's my level of in between this world. This 60. world is, is put their tentacles around everyone and is really trying to shake them up and screw them up. At the end of the day, I, this is my favorite phrase and my quote and it's on my Facebook and I still live by it. I believe it. It's whether you believe you can or you can't, you're generally right. If you believe you can't do something, you're probably not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Literally, there's going to be a small minority that can get over that, and that's how they that's how they function. But for the most part, that phrase in every part of my life, whether it's sports, business, life, it's true. Whether you believe you, your mind is so powerful. It's so powerful the fact that it can hold you back and it can catapult you. Well, as Johnny Depp said, his character said in Desperado Two, "Are you a Mexican or a Mexican?" <laughs> I hate this guy that I'm about to say. He's a boxer, Adrian Broner. Oh my gosh! He calls We're gonna give him more airtime. I am because it's such a good thing, not good thing, but it's like a funny quote. He's like, "I'm the can man." He goes, "I will fight anybody. I'll fight Mexican, American, Dominican." He goes, "I'm the can man. I will fight anybody." And like, I like that quote actually. All right. Even though he's a joker and I don't like him. He's a joker. He's he a joker. He's literally a joker. Uh, I yep. gave him airtime. That's why he's there. Literally pisses me off. We're talking off. about him. I know. We're talking about him. He brings out, and that's like um, Rob, Richard Schaefer. Richard Schaefer. That's the name that I meant to say on a previous episode. Richard Schaefer is the guy who Oscar De La Hoya hired to be his head of Golden Boy Promotions. Okay. Nobody talks about this guy. He's the guy that catapulted Golden Boy Promotions. And then he left like three or four years ago. He got in a big thing with Oscar and left. But Richard Schaefer was genius because he said that about Adrian Broner. He goes, listen, Adrian Broner, is he going to be the greatest fighter of all time? He goes, probably not. He goes, but he goes, this guy brings out emotion in people. Good, bad, indifferent, he does. The fact that I'm talking about him again, this guy's not even the top of the level anymore. And I just talked about him, and I literally despise this guy. And I just talked about him because it's actually a good quote by him. It is. I love it. But I despise the guy. I hate the guy. He's not what's good and right about boxing, but I'm talking about so, him. Richard Schaefer was right. And that brings our episode full circle where we talked and we started talking about we need the emotion. What draws the emotion out of the crowd? Who's actually tuning exactly. into the events? We talked Clarissa Shields, and that's, that's almost kind of like the missing element. What's, yeah. what's, what's drawing the fan base to actually turn on the TV, get excited, get behind it? Is it her? Is it a lack of opponents? Who knows? We support her. She's talented. Oh, so much talent. And then other fighters as well. But it always comes back to, do you, do, are you going to watch the person? Are you going to watch the man or woman competing in their sport and it's not only just based on talent, but it's who's actually going to draw those sets of eyeballs. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up uh, this week's episode. I'm going to give a, a lot of like a final, final words here. We're going to throw it to Jared. Jared, give us a final word here. Um, if anyone's interested, Recovery for Athletes, where are they going? Where are we looking at? Camera's yours. Yeah, Recovery for Athletes, it's we care about making you the best 
athlete, best person taking care of your body. That's, that's all we care about. We have the best products out there. Um, my, my email is jared at recoveryforathletes.com. Feel free to email me directly. Um, I love it. So we're, we're happy to take care of you, get you the best prices, get you anything that you need. Even if we don't have it, we can get it. That's, that's what I stand for. We're all about relationships, really just making the it's – about, it's about bringing you into our family. We're not just going to date you and say goodbye. We're going to marry you. That's our goal. Recoveryforathletes.com. I will yep. take your mother on a date yep. and never call <laughs> her again. Bad. Yeah. But he's going to call her again. Okay. Yeah, he will. I will, he, I will nice call you. That. He will call you again. He'll call for your sure. mom. Yep. <laughs> we can travel. Final thoughts. I mean, I don't really have too many final thoughts today. He, is he's, I wait, enjoy- wait, 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 wait. He says that and then he talks for like 10 more minutes. And then I'm, I'm like, gonna, come on, man. I'm gonna I got a lot short. to edit. I'm going to keep it short. This is a one man editing show and he has like 10 more minutes. But listen, I'm going to keep it short and I'm going to go with my favorite saying of all time. It's E-L-E. Oh, wow. Everybody everyone loves everybody. Everyone. Yeah. That's it. And go visit recoveryathletes.com. Because as a professional athlete myself, I literally, not shitting you, I have a couple of Jared's products in my house. Literally, I hurt my back one time. Mm. Hurt my back. It was, my, it was actually my last professional boxing match in August. I remember you were living here still. I hurt my back. You gave me a Theragun. I tried the Theragun. It worked. And then like a day later, I was back sore again. You brought over so right. So right. And I'm not kidding you. To this day, I live by that thing. I hurt my back right before I went skiing. Literally, I don't know how I did it, but I did it. I did the So Right five minutes a day for three days. I did the So Right. It's very uncomfortable. It is. It's very uncomfortable. But I was able to ski in Park City because of that So I'm not even, this is no BS. I swear to God. Ask Irene about this. I use that So Right. Got me straight again. Yeah, the so right, so right's incredible. Um, it was first like really thrown into the scene with uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, Michael make Chandler, us, right? Michael Chandler. Yeah, he was like, "This thing has changed my life." And so right, so right was this little, just small company. It's a this, piece of plastic. It's a piece of plastic yeah. that goes right in your psoas. Yeah. And Michael Chandler just literally just exploded this thing. Joe Rogan and. That's an awesome. You know, awesome me and my product. clients that I've actually I have a sixty-year-old guy. He's like, "Oh my god, I have this lower back pain for like forever." And I was like, "I'm not kidding you. This is not. A, I'm not a snake oil salesman. You can use it for free. I'll give this to you to try it out for like three days and let me know if it works." I'm not kidding. I had a woman, I had a man, a woman that was like fifty, a man that was sixty that tried it, worked for them as well. I was like, "Dude, if it, it might work for you, it might not. I don't know. I'm not telling you for sure. It a hundred percent worked for yeah, me. It's multiple times now for the incredible. last two years. I'm not even exaggerating." So right, P S O R I T E. So it's genius. So that was at Not least kidding. three of ten minutes. <laughs> I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling that would deviate a little bit. Put a bow on it. You know, you mentioned. Yeah, I'm gonna put a bow on it. You mentioned the no BS. You don't get BS here. Wayne in with Travis Hartman. There's no BS flying around here. We keep, keep it, it real. real. We keep it real. We keep it real, man. Is that what they say now? Keep it real. I don't keep, know. Keep it real, homie. Keep it, keep it real, homies. I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like we're going to shadow ban for saying that probably. I know. We're shadow banned <laughs> a long time ago. So anyways, uh, true. thank you, our media partners, TH Boxing, Gulfstream Financial, and IF Enterprises. Thank you to Jared. Appreciate uh, you hanging out with us. And Of course. You know, that's, I love that. I love that. I love having a third person here because I'm tired of this guy. I'm tired oh, of Weekend Trev. Really? No, that's not hurtful. Really. I can't. I can't that's be tired hurtful. of you. Okay. I can't quit you. I can't quit you. <laughs> but I can't quit this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. That there is Weekend Draft. That there is B-Money. Thanks for joining us. God bless.